height. We get to talk about it over these next few weeks. I was thinking about it, and I had a kind of random thought. Don't raise your hands, because uh, I don't want to pick on you. But would you rather be on a cruise or in a fight? Uh, I'm assuming that most of you's instant brain said, cruise, hello, unless you have an irrational fear of water or boats. But um, so I didn't want you to raise your hand going, I'm going to be in a fight, and then have everyone go, because you have an irrational fear of boats. And we go, oh, they know. And so, um, but as I, I was looking at this going, I think most of us would rather, honestly, we'd rather do most anything else than be in a fight. Being in a fight is not the highlight or should not be the highlight um, of a day, of a week. Uh, and as I was looking at this, I was like, but the Bible says that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But that God came that we might have life and that we may have it to the full. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. See, when you have two forces in opposition to each other, they call it a fight. 1 Peter 5, 9 says, Resist him standing firm in the faith. It tells us that the devil is going around like a roaring lion, and our job is to resist him. And when you're resisting a force coming from the opposite, um, they, they call it a fight. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mark, can you come here? This is a sword. Now, if I start swinging this, do you know what options Mark has? Fight or get hit. Um, or decide how fast he is. <laughs> but do you realize that sometimes you have an option in things? Sometimes your options are fight or funeral. You pick. Thank you, Mark. I like swords. It's probably why I've got a, close to a dozen of them in my office, and I find lots of reasons to use them. But a lot of us, the Bible says that the devil's coming at us, seeking to devour us. And we're sitting here going, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I don't want to fight. But what would happen if you literally went up to a lion, said, lion, I promise I'll be nice. You'd get eaten. Um, actually, Jimmy Evans was telling me a story about somebody who kind of forgot that. He said they, they were going on these safaris. Because he, he, actually, I'll share a couple of his stories as they go throughout, throughout the message. But he was in Africa, and the guide warned them because shortly before they were there, there was someone on a tour that had been getting so used to lions because when you were in the vehicle, 
The lion saw the vehicle as a giant beast. You were simply part of a giant beast it didn't want to fight with because the vehicle with you was bigger than the lion by enough that the lion decided it wasn't worth taking on the vehicle. Well, there would be times where the lions would be this close to the vehicle and they'd be snapping pictures and the lion was like, okay, that's a big beast. It doesn't care that I'm here. I don't care that it's there. Well, somebody got so comfortable with the lions that they stepped out of the vehicle to get a better picture. They got eaten. Um, because you may not remember that you're in a fight, but that doesn't change anything. Just because you say, you know what, but I don't want to fight. It doesn't save you, see, because you're either going to have a fight or you're going to have a funeral because your enemy is not stopping regardless of your philosophy. Your enemy is not sitting here going, are you willing to fight back? In fact, it says that he's seeking someone he may devour, someone he can devour. That means he's not looking for someone who goes, bring it on, I'm ready. He's looking for someone who goes, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Perfect. And I'll just eat you. Like, He's sitting here, he's looking for an easy attack. He's not looking for someone who's prepared, who's ready, who's ready to live differently. And I, I got thinking about this going, well, have we realized that we're in a fight? Do we even know who we're fighting for? Do we know who, which side we're fighting for? If I was to look at your life, would I be able to tell who you're fighting for, who you're living for? If I was to ask People at your school, if I was to walk up, and if you're homeschooled, your neighborhood rather than your mom, because your mom would just probably give me the, the answer you want her to give me. But if I was to go around your school and go, hey, do you know this person? And bust out a picture. Because if I just go up to your best friends, they may, hopefully they know. Um, but if I was to show people your picture and go, hey, you seen this kid around in class? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a couple classes with him, with her. Do they love Jesus? What would they, they say? They're like, I don't know. Some of them would look at you and go, I don't know. They walk in and they walk out. I don't know. But some of them would, and for some, they'd look at me and go, doubt it. They're a goober. They're always picking on people. They're always talking back to the teacher. They're always causing problems. I don't think so. Or if I would tell them that you go to our church, they'd be like, really? They go to church? They're such a goober. What? Or would they look at it and go, dude, when somebody's being picked on, they stand up for them. They're always full of God's love. They're always respectful. They've got character. They've got integrity. They, they very well could be, or they, they definitely are a Christian because they stand up for it. Because a lot of people, they're, they're, they're taking shots on either side. They're like, I'm going to live for God today. I'm going to live for the devil today. Have you, how many of you guys ever played paintball? Okay, Airsoft. And for those who've never played paintball or airsoft, um, God bless you. We love you. But uh, this, you have track with me here. In the event that you were playing a game of airsoft paintball and you had teams and you were going to face each other, the epitome of, of all annoyingness is when you have a goober on your team. And when I define a goober on your team, it's because they start shooting people on your team. You're like, you're all lined up. You're like, we're going to get the enemy. And then you got one guy who's like, I got a gun. Boom, boom, boom. You're like, oh, what the? You're on my team. And then everyone, no one likes that person. Why? 
they're shooting everybody because they're not sure whose team they're on. No, they're not. It's like everybody should then turn on them because they're, they're just shooting at everybody. But as I begin to think about this concept, I thought, do we know who we're fighting for? Do we know who we're fighting against? Pastor Tim did a great job as he was talking last week about the fact that God is on our side. Or I think a, it may be more accurate to be that we are meant to be on God's side. And that he said he would never leave us or forsake us. But many of us aren't sure which direction we're fighting. And as we begin to look at this, I go, I say, if, if we're here, we say, no, I want to fight for God. I want to. What does that look like? What does that look like in our daily lives? Because it's great to be in service and be like, I will fight. I'm, like, I'm all about that. I'm all about having the fun and, and, and the worship and yelling it out and, and taking a stand. But what does it look like day to day? What does it look like today? I am on his side. My life will fight. How do I keep the devil? How do I stay prepared? Because the Bible said to be, um, to resist him. It said to be self-controlled, to be aware, and to be alert. And as I begin to, to look at this, I, I, there's just a couple of things. And we could do like a billion messages on this, but we're just going to do one or two. Um, John 3.19 says this. It should be 1 John 3.19. But the, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world because men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. If you feel the need to hide your life or large parts of your life, segments of your life, it's because you do not approve of those segments of your life. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1, it says that he who isolates himself rages against all sound judgment. Because what you're doing is you're saying, you know what? I know I shouldn't do this. I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing. Any of you guys have a driver's license? You ever have a cop be behind you? Do you re-examine how you're driving? Now, this, all of a sudden, it's just this instant uh, conviction of conscience that happens. As there's this cop behind you, and you're like, how fast am I going? In fact, it happened to me this week. There was a cop, pull up behind me, pulled me over. Because apparently a mile before, I changed lanes on the highway without using my turn signal. Whatever. Um, I, I, I think he made that up. But I think he saw me touch my phone that was up there as I was had my GPS on it, and I think he thought I was texting. And then he walked up and saw the GPS, and he's like, uh, you forgot to use your turn signal two miles back. Um, whatever. Uh, he didn't give me a ticket, and like, he just looked at my phone, glanced at, oh, you have to take your license registration. But this is the point. <laughs> Sorry, sidetrack. Here's the point. When they come up behind you, all of a sudden, you're reexamining you. You're going, what am I doing? How fast am I going? You're like, look, check the speed. Nope, I'm good. We, we should be good here. And you're like going to pass somebody and you're like, oh, uh, how long is it going to take? And he comes up behind me and you're like, is he going to pull me over? Does he want to get by? I don't really want to tick off the cop by going slow in front of me. And you're like, you re-examine everything. How many times do we do things where we're living in a spot where people don't know where we're at? Where we're hiding things where there are segments of our life that nobody knows. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me 
and look at me and say, Pastor, I've never told anybody this. But this happened to me. 20 years ago, I did this. I've had people literally 20 years later come up to me going, I have been hiding this and it has been driving me crazy for 20 years. When I was in high school, I did this. When I've had people walk up to me and they're like, I am struggling. I haven't told anybody. I had one lady who's, I think we had the conversation sitting at that like little iron boarding table thing right over there. She goes, you know what? For years, I didn't tell anybody and I ran trying to hide from what had been happening to me that I had been hiding all to myself and I ran to drugs, I ran to alcohol, I ran to sex, I ran to all these different things trying to, to mask, to cover, to hide these things without telling anybody and it was destroying me. And I begin to look at this as, as the Bible says, that our enemy, the devil, goes around like a roaring lion. What, how does, I don't know if you've ever watched a documentary on what lions do and how lions hunt. Lions try to isolate one. There's a whole herd, and their goal is not take down the herd. If they try to take down the herd of most things, it doesn't work out really well for them. But if they can find one, they'll, they'll go to attack, and they'll watch everybody run, and they'll try to figure out who's slow. And they'll try to all hammer that one. So if the devil goes around like a lion, what's he going to try to do? He's going to try to isolate you. How many of you guys eat bananas? Who likes some like yellow, green, speckled, brown, black? All right. <laughs> Weird people. Okay, <laughs> we love you. I think black bananas are meant for banana bread, and that's it. That's their sole function. But... Do you know which banana gets eaten first? The first one off the bunch. Deep moments with Dan. Okay, so are you the first one off the bunch? Are you isolated? Are you going through things on your own? Has the devil attacked you and nobody knows what's going on inside? Are you living one life over here going, this is what everyone's going to see, but inside I'm shattered and broken? Everyone thinks that everything is okay, and inside I can barely stand myself, and I don't even know if I want to live. Are you sitting over here going, you know what? Everyone thinks that everything is great, but they don't know inside I'm so broken because of what happened to me, and nobody knows. Because I'm afraid that if anybody knows what happened to me or what I did, that they would judge me. Because there are so many people that are broken, and they're living a slave to this thing that they did, this thing that happened, this thing that's going on inside because they're living isolated rather than getting help, rather than going, all right, what hits the light is exposed and I can be set free from. I remember being a kid. Kid, okay, I was 17. But anyways, um, going through things and being like, no, all by myself. I'm like, all right, if I can't take things on by myself, I'm going to talk to somebody and, I, and I, I, I can't do this. I turn to my friend, I'm like, dude, I'm struggling, and I was so nervous that he was going to look at me and be like, dude, you're an idiot. And I'm like, dude, I'm struggling. He just looks at me because he was driving. He looks at me back and goes, me too. And he just kept driving. I'm like, I've been so nervous that I was all alone. Here I am struggling through life. All I had to do was turn to somebody and go, hey, can you help me? And I see this over and over 
and over. That we open up the door for the devil or we let him continue to terrorize us because we're doing it all alone. Or we sit here and we ignore the fact that we're in a fight and we do stupid things, some more stupid than others, um, that open the door for the devil. You want to check yourself. An example. I'm actually, I want to give you two. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Um, it, it says here, In your anger do not sin, nor let the sun go down on your, on your wrath. I'm quoting from a different translation. And do not give the devil a foothold, or nor give place to the devil. It says that when you hold on to anger, you become bitter, and you open up the door for the devil. It's like sitting here saying, you came to kill, steal, and destroy? Here's my life. Come on in. Okay, would you call that person? Like, if, if, if you were literally to watch somebody who has a thief that's standing there, armed with swords and machine guns, going, I'm here to kill you. And they were to go, oh, please, come in. I just, I, let me open the door for you. Um, my stuff is over there. My neck is right here if you want to go for the chop shot, or here's the heart. Like, you would look at them and be like, you're an idiot. Like, you have a death wish. This is not smart. But the Bible says that when we hold on to unforgiveness, that we open up a door for the devil, and the Bible tells us that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, that he's looking for an opportunity to see who he can devour. Uh, I, I was recently made aware. How many of you guys have heard of Charlie Charlie? Okay, a lot of you guys have been aware of it. There's, it's, it I, let me inform everybody kind of what, what this is. There's a lot of these different types of things, Charlie Charlie, Ouija boards. There's a, a bunch of different ones where what they're doing is trying to get something supernatural to happen. In Charlie Charlie, they, they basically are stacking some pencils and trying to get something to move them and freaking out when it works. What, and this has been done with Ouija boards. I've heard of people bouncing tables. There's a lot of different things, but this is what's actually going on. They're sitting down and for amusement, they're inviting the demonic to move in front of them for their entertainment. But what happens when you invite the demonic? When you invite someone who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, what happens? They kill, steal, and destroy. I was just reading a bit about this today. And, and they, were, they were shocked. This, this was, apparently this has been like the craze and like a billion people are playing with it on Twitter and Facebook and going, hey, check this out. Here's me opening up to the devil. Woo like, what are you doing? Very, um, not very smart. But in following in these, these, these things, people going, we started doing this and all of a sudden started getting nightmares like you wouldn't believe. Can no longer sleep through the night because of night terrors and all these different issues that then started opening up. And they're like, well, I don't know why this is happening. Come on in. <laughs> you just opened the door for the devil. You're surprised he showed up. You shouldn't have invited him. You're in a war. Do you know it? Because a lot, there's literally, what was this? 
was it 1.6 million or 1.6 billion? Is there some ridiculous number of people that have been posting and tweeting about this that are literally inviting the devil to interact inside their life. And I'm assuming that at least 99% of them are not consciously doing it because they want their life destroyed. Maybe there's 0.1% that are idiots, but the other 99%, I believe, just don't have a clue what they're doing. And I want you guys to know that you're in a fight. I want you to, to realize that that's not something you want to play with. I want you to realize that inviting such supernatural, the random, to in, hold on to unforgiveness, to hold on to, to sin, to isolate yourself, is to open up a door for the devil. You don't have to do it alone. I've been in spots where I was struggling, where I was tempted, and realized that on my own, I just kept being tempted. So I got on my phone, and I've got a friend who helps hold me accountable on things, and so I call him up. Or actually, I think he was some strange hours. I'm like, hey, I'm texting him. I'm like, hey, Tom. Struggling, ask me about this. Check on me at noon. Ha! Temptation, take that. Like, see here, going, really? What am I going to do? I know my friend's going to call me at noon going, hey, what's up? Oh, what do you mean? You text me. What? No, that ain't going to work. I'm like, I will take this temptation and shove it. Look, if I can't seem to beat it on my own, then don't do it on your own. Expose it to the light. People don't do stupid stuff when everyone's watching. Think about it. How many people go to the teacher? Hey, teacher, could you hold up? I'm going to cheat on that test. Can I get the score sheet? Like, you don't do that. Why? You might as well just fail. You just did it. Like, you don't do it when it's exposed to the light. People don't have affairs because they had everything out in the open. That, that, that one thing led to another, and it was all kept in secret, and nobody know what they, knew what they were dealing with. And all of a sudden, you hear stupid comments like, I don't know what happened. Like, you didn't trip. Like, honestly, how do you, it, it was a series of, of small choices that took you so much further than you thought you would go. And you did it on your own. Compromise is one of the devil's favorite things. Because none of you guys, I hope none of you guys, set out to be evil. All right, so. I am assuming that none of your goals in life is to be evil. You know, like, I will be the evilest person ever and burn in hell for the rest of eternity. Like, that's hopefully not your goal. So, assuming that that is not your goal, in fact, I'm going to go further yet and go that the majority of you would even say something like, you know what, I want to be good, a good person. And I hope that most of you say, you know what, I want to honor God with my life. Then how does the devil get somebody who's here who says, I want to honor God with my life. Take it over here. Where they're not living for God at all, 
and their life is all messed up and they're totally living for themselves. Because if you take somebody and you go, you're going to be over there, they're going to look at you and go, you're an idiot. Like, there's no way I'm going to do all that. But if he can get you to go, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I know that you would never do all that. But, you know, yeah, you would never go out and, and drink and party with them because you're underage and you'd never do all that. But you can just hang out with these guys. I know the Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. I know they're doing things that aren't right, but, but it's going to be okay. Besides, you're almost like a half-witness to them. And you, like, you like justify it like I'm a half-witness to them. And you hang out with them and then you hear a message that, you know, hey, and they, they challenge you and you go, hey, Who's becoming like who? And you're like, well, you know, maybe I'm struggling a little bit with my language now because I'm starting to talk like them, but it's not that bad. And you're, well, I'm just going to hang out with them a little bit more. I'm just going to go over to the party with them. And it's not like I'm way over there. You know, sure, I'm not where we used to be, but I just, just a little bit, you know. It was just, just, I'm just a little bit more like them. And, you know, yeah, yeah, we're hanging out. I'm at the party now. Everyone's drinking around me. And, yeah, yeah, maybe they're not so bad. And, and, but, you know, I'm just going to get a little bit closer. You know, I know the people who did that, used to, I thought they used to be stupid, you know, when I was standing over there. But, but you know, it's, it's not so bad. And not that I would do that. But, you know, I can just hang out and watch them and be humored by them. And it's okay because they're kind of funny. And then, you know, it's not so bad. You know, maybe I probably wouldn't drink. But, I, you know, I, you know maybe, maybe later. But it's not that big of a deal. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe, maybe I'll just have a sip. You know, it's not like it's that big of a deal. Yeah, sure, I'm underage. Sure, it's illegal. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just not that big of a thing. You know, maybe I'll have just a little bit more. It's not that bad. Oh, well, what? I'm getting hammered and woo, woo, woo. That's actually a story that somebody shared with me in my office as they were bawling, going, I don't know how I got from over there to over here. Because they were a young student who loved God, who was actually serving at the church, and they came to me going, I just screwed everything up. I just got arrested because I'm a minor. I sat here and I knew these things. I was way over there and somehow I ended up over here. What happened to me? One small step at a time. See, compromise is downward moral steps allowing you to come down so slowly that you don't notice the distance that you've dropped. You're in a war. Know thy enemy. Band, can you kind of come on back up? I have notes. Makes life fun. Too many of them. But as we look at this, there's, there's a couple things I want to do. We're going to have a ministry time in just, just a minute. Because I realize as I shared this, there are some of you guys who go, you know what? I've opened up a door for the devil. Through bitterness, through Ouija boards, through um, Charlie Charlie, through different things. I need to be set free. And there's others who sit here and go, you know what? I have been struggling with things on my own for way too long. I want help. And there are others who say, you know what? I'd like to say that I was living for God, but I'm not. I want to make God the Lord of my life. No more games. In fact, I don't know what would happen if I was to die. I don't know that I'm right with God. Today, I want to be right with God, and I want to begin a relationship with Him, and I want to live for Him. And before we start and we get prayer, because we're going to have some, some leaders in different spots and things, I'll just tell you what's going on in a second. But 
If you're here and say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to know that my sins are forgiven, that I'm right with God on my way to heaven. I want to live for God. No more games. I want to live for Him. Then I'm going to come to three. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. That's you. Just me and some, a few of the leaders. Looking. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I say three. One. You ready? Two, three. Raise up your hands nice and high. That's me. Awesome. Who else says that's me? I want to make Jesus my Lord. I want to actually live for him. No more games. No more pretending. Awesome. Awesome. Who else? Another one over here. Who else says that's me? Another one up here. All right. You can put your hands down. The Bible says that whoever calls on his name will be saved. So we're going to do that. We're going to say a simple prayer, and we're going to call on God's name. Go ahead, repeat after me. Say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I want to live for you every day. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name.